Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour on a Tuesday. Steal the show. I'm Scott Prather. Jay Walker. Oh, my word, Jay. Is in the house. You know, I just said that. I just said that to Michael Dot Scott. We were outside before I came in. And uh, he said something, and I said, oh, my word, Jay. I see. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my! What was after what? Trostclair's Grand Slam. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Schneider. See, when something like that happens in sports, and you're calling a game, you just don't know what's going to come out, right? Right. Like, like, like Schneider probably he might maybe has never said that in his entire life. Oh my word, Jay! The only person, honest to God, I mean, it sounds cliche. The only person I know that said, oh, my word, was my late grandmother who lived till she was 95, passed away about four years ago. I spent a lot of time with her, grew up around her, and she would say, oh, my word, and oh, my star. Oh, my star. Oh, my star. Mm -hmm. Oh, my word. She's from Georgia. I'd never heard anyone say it other than her until Schneider. Oh, Jay. Now, you didn't say, oh, my word, on Saturday night, but you... Did you even remember what you said? No. No, uh, I, I, you know, somebody would have asked me right after the game. All right, we're, we're getting on the bus. We're getting ready to go home. Right. And uh, let's say Brock Morris said, oh, man, what did you say? I would have said, I have no idea. When, it's, when it happens like that and it's spontaneous, it just comes out of your mouth, and, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. It'll be small to feed it in, and the Cajuns have got to try to get an immediate foul. Cajuns will not guard the inbounds pass. And there's a steal. Bucks, good. Four tenths of a second remaining. And timeout, Cajuns. Holy cow. They got a steal on the inbounds pass, and Devin Butts hits a layup with point four to go. Oh, my! 74-73, Louisiana leads. <laughs> my goodness. Michael Murphy. That's great. Uh, when he listened to it, he said, wow, you got Harry Carey and Dick Enberg in the same sentence. And, I, and, and it's true. He told you that? Yeah. See, I played it for him last hour. He's like, I haven't heard it yet. A uh, liar. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a moment, man. I mean, in terms of crazy finishes. Right up there with anything I've ever experienced. It, to steal, like, you know what I thought? Like, not in the when I, in the moment, I was like, kind of like, I was like, oh, wow, that, holy cow. Like, that was nuts. And then, like, later that night, I was like, this is something that would happen against the Pelicans. So, it's not believable to me. But it's pretty cool that you got to be on the winning side of it and call it in the moment. You know, I um, 
the one game, and, th- and this went against the Cajuns, and it was in a different sport, the one game that had a stunning conclusion like that was the football game at Florida when when they blocked the oh, punt with 15 seconds left and final and, play of the and, game. and took it in for for a touchdown. Um, Ugh. But that's that's about the only thing I can think of in in my career that's been wow. You know. Yeah, I mean, just I, I can think of some. I'm trying to think of other wild finishes. I mean, you you've called some buzzer beaters. You and that, and that one wasn't a buzzer beater, but it was in a lot of ways it was more. More unbelievable. I, I remember a game, and it was a, a game I did on television. It was before I was on the radio broadcast. Uh, were playing the University of Houston, and they were down 10 with like a minute five to go. It was kind of like that Texas Tech LSU game the other day. And uh, they wound up tying the game, sending it into overtime, and then hit about a 28-footer at the buzzer to win it in OT on a, on a shot by Earl Watkins. You know, that was pretty unusual, too, because you're down 10 with a minute to go, and, and you come back and win. Um, but we saw that, like I said, we saw that again on Saturday um, with Texas Tech. I mean, they 12-0 run in the final minute four to win by five. That's crazy. It was nuts. It was nuts. By the way, one of our listeners says, was that Alf laughing or Jay Walker? <laughs> hey, I'm Alf. Um. I could say of all the things that Hollywood has tried to reboot from back in the day, I'm glad they haven't tried to do Alf. Yeah. That was a moment in time. It worked, but it is not something that you want to try to recreate. It was, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. He loved the Beach Boys, though. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I, I, thinking of, like, some crazy finishes where the Cajuns were not on the right side of it, uh, there was a – I think it was my first year with you guys, maybe 05. Cajuns were playing Troy. might have been 06. And the idea of, like, this was in football, by the way. And there was another rough one in basketball, like, two. The idea of icing a kicker by calling a timeout. That that's not something that's like it. It feel at this point, it feels like it's been around forever. But that really started in the like. Oh three, oh four. You started to see it a little in the NFL, and then you just saw like everybody do it for a couple of years. Now you see it. There's a little more strategy to it. Like I think if you have multiple timeouts, that's the best way to. That's the best spot to be in because you can do it once, and then they're not sure if you're going to do it again. Like, but I would, I would do it anyway. But I would always do it before they even get to kick it. I just want them thinking. But I remember the Cajuns called a timeout, and the guy missed the kick. Right, and it, and the Cajuns would have won, and then they made the kick, and so it, it it was the first moment where I was like, this just really backfired. And then I remember a basketball game a few years later at North Texas where David Dees hits, I mean, like uh, 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 wasn't full court, but it was like three quarters court. Or? No, he was he was just past mid-court. Okay, it so was, a half-court shot. Yeah, it was about a 40-footer. I mean, a, a wild shot, and it's like, and that, at that point, they hadn't won a, a road game yet in conference. It, it felt like a big moment, and like, man, they've been working hard. And then the, the you know, the refs looked at the monitor for what felt like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and they wiped it off. I mean, those are some, like, heartbreakers where they're on the other side, but to be on the right side of a game with a, with a wild ending, that's Oh, my word, Jay, or 
steal on the inbounds pass. That's good stuff. It was um, it was a very satisfying win. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com two six nine ten seventy seven is the phone number to call two six nine one zero seven seven. Basketball Jones is uh, on line one. Let's hear from him. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Good morning, guys. It's it's so good to hear you guys together. By the way, I got a little feedback here. Sorry, Jones. Go ahead. You should be good okay. now. It's it's so good to hear you guys together this morning. It really is. After what I think Jay is one of the quickest best calls you've ever made, because me and the big boy and the wise were watching it, and you had to be paying attention to see the the deflection into butts, the collection of himself, one dribble, and get it over, like you guys brought out last night. Get it over, what is it, what's the big kid's name, Sally? or uh, something? Small, small. Small, and the kid could have just as well blocked it and or intimidated butts. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it, was, it was like scripted to the point. And, Jay, you've been very fortunate to make quite a few and, and to, to experience some of those calls, and I've been fortunate to be able to listen to you call them. And it... Uh, it gives me the goosebumps. It gives me the frissons, like they say. The frissons. Like, like G, the big G says. But uh, people have been recalling great endings. And, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> yesterday several were mentioned on different talk shows, and I still remember the shot in the Texas UT drum in the NIT by, is it Carl Jordan? Was it Carl Jordan? I um, yeah, I think it. I think it was. I always get, I get I, I get him. I get him and Johnny Collins confused. Yes, yes, but one of the other. That was one of the greatest shots that going way back. But I'm just showing how old I am. But no, it's good to hear you guys talking hoops. I just want to say hello and uh, keep it up, guys. Enjoy listening to you. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Every every Tuesday. Don't worry, we'll hurt your ears in a little bit. Um. <laughs> Mike Aver, of course, who's a huge UL fan, was sending me a lot of memories. Um, Dion Rainey in the Bobby Pascal years, a buzzer beater at Blackham against UAB in the that NIT. That was in, in the NIT, the first round of the NIT. It was it was UAB's first year playing, and Gene Bartow was their coach. And uh, yeah, they got to host, and Rainey Rainey hit one from the deep corner as time expired. It was I was there. It was um, I wasn't working, but it, boy, it was fun. See, a lot of them feel like. Either a buzzer beater or you erase a deficit in a short amount of time in terms of the ones you remember. That's why Saturday's game was so unique. It's like to steal an inbounds pass under your goal and and have a go-ahead bucket of a game that's not tied with .4 seconds left, you'll I I'd be willing to bet a lot of money you'll never call one like that again. I I'll I'll, I'll share something with you. Um, you know, Coach Marlin. You never see anything more than a fist pump from him. Okay, that's about that's about it. You know, um, Alfred Payton plays great defense. Harrow misses the shot. Cajuns beat Georgia State to go to the NCAA tournament. Good and Marlin and Marlin and Marlin gives a fist pump. I mean, that's about all you get out of him. So I texted him and I said, "Please tell me you did more than a fist pump." I said, "As a matter of fact." What I'm thinking about is Shooter from Hoosiers jumping up and down on the bed, and um, he and and he said, 
heard it right there in the old Philco, which is a line from from Hoosiers. And then he said, no, he said he high-fived Jenny and almost broke her wrist. <laughs> Take it easy there, Coach. Yeah, yeah. Take it easy there. So that, but, so that was it, you know. Um, but no, I it was I can imagine and, that, and and I thought about it, you know, as soon as we got on the bus and I had time to take a deep breath. I said that had to be so hard for coach Marlin to watch. And I know that, you know, that he had uh he had Brant and coach Fox on with the ESPN Plus uh, telecast. They do an excellent job by the way. And um and then tuned into the post-game show, I'm sure of that too. But he, um, I, I, I just, I would have loved to have had a camera, and 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 watched him during the course of the game. Watching that game had to drive him crazy. Yeah. I think well after the game, once he was able to kind of collect himself and enjoy the moment, uh, there there was a someone was in the house recording him. Uh, what you going to do with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk. Now, isn't that a great lyric? Don't you wish you had thought of that? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a get, get, get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my hump. My hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump. He'll, he'll forever be mad at me about that. Glad he's feeling better. Uh, Coach Marlon expected to return to the team tomorrow after uh, dealing with COVID-19. And, uh, the, you know... With the win, Jay, that's what, five in a row? They're now atop the Sun Belt West. They're only a half game back of, I think, the best record overall in conference. So they are um, both the men and the women. I mean, they, Broadhead squad has won six straight. You look at the Sun Belt standings right now. As Coach Broadhead and Marlin were saying all season, the, the, the Friday-Saturday thing provides some difficulties that in a normal year you wouldn't have. But if you can just win a couple where you don't split and you went outright, you can climb the standings pretty fast, and we've seen it the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, we really have. By the way, I just got a text from uh, from Steve, and he said, Jones, it was indeed Carl Jordan. Um, that was, And it was the very next game after Rainey shot against UAB. But it was Jordan, Jordan and uh, Jones was correct. All right, let's 269-1077. Uh, let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Morning, guys. Good discussion. Uh, Jay, when I was watching the game <clears throat> and listening to you at the same time, my thought was, what's Coach Morris doing different here than what Coach Marlin would do? And I thought about the beginning of the second half in both games where uh, Texas State made a little run, and, uh, and uh, Coach Morris chose not to call timeouts because in the postgame he said, I want the guys to figure it out on their own. I'm not going to bail them out because they need that to grow. Would Coach Marlin have called timeout in those situations? Uh, in that particular situation, I you know that's a very good question. I've seen coach call timeout when the other team was making a run. I also have seen him not do it. So I can't I can't tell you whether he would have or not. Um, I remember that I made the comment that there was no timeout being called, um, and that was not to suggest that they should have called one because you know the. Brock is a pretty smart guy and the dumbest coach in America is smarter than I am. So, um, but no, I, I, I'm not sure that coach Marlin would have, um, called the, the timeout in that situation. Yeah. So we will never know unless we ask Bob himself. And, and you thought about him watching in his living room with his man cave. So it's called, <clears throat> you know, I was wondering, what's he saying? What are you doing, Brock? Or 
Good job, Brock. But I will never know. But I, I found it interesting. But I know Coach Barnes liked the idea of having multiple timeouts late in the game, even to have the one with 0.4 seconds to go to uh, set up his defense. So that's interesting how things would work out like that. And uh, I'll go back to uh, the uh, NIT game at Texas that y'all talked about with Carl Jordan. What we don't recall on that. I mean, people know is Texas actually had the last shot. Uh, I forget who it was, but it was a pretty well-known player who missed about a 10-footer off the baseline. And uh, I, I don't know if they had a timeout now, from what I recall, they didn't. And after Jordan shot, the Longhorns ran up the court. So those are great memories. Jay, you weren't there for what I think is, though, is the uh, maybe even a most likely, unlikely uh, call when Ryan Bannon had called it when they came from four down to beat ULM with five seconds to go. Yeah. Made two free throws, purposely jumped on a guy's back. That was not a good free throw shooter. Sure enough, he clanks them both and still hits the half court. So that might be more unlikely a finish than the one we had uh, Saturday, but they're both up there and both great memories. Uh, I'll let you all talk to other people. Thanks. Favorite part of that call is the little girl that you hear in the background. Yes. If he does miss shot up, no good. Cajuns get the rebound. Stove, two, one. Stove with the heave from half court. And he got it! And he hit the shot! You have got to be kidding me! Jonathan Stove with a three-point heave from half court and his prayer has been answered! I can barely believe what I just watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's something incredible that there's a little kid in the background. I don't believe it. No. Good job by Ryan there, man. I don't I don't know. Oof. What a wild finish, man. What a wild finish, but uh a good one. A good one. There's are there is there like games or calls that you're like because you had another responsibility, you weren't able to call it that you wish you had been there, like that one. Well, I think that's the first one. Okay, that, that that's the biggest one right there. Um, God, I almost had a no hitter too. Yeah, I know. Gosh, I know. Gunner went down to the last out, and all I could think about was, I'm gonna be able to hold this over Jay's head forever. Yeah, I, I, I you know, and you know what? I thought about that. The I was just thinking about that the other day. About about the almost um, that would have been that might have beaten stove had had you gotten that, but no, I'm not. I'm not thinking about a whole lot of stuff that no most the the vast majority of them you were there, yeah. but I mean you're you call ninety five percent of the men's sports, so like I mean maybe more. I'm just it's only when there's that overlap or an emergency, so um there are too many moments where you wouldn't have have been able to do it but uh that stove one was i don't believe it <laughs> 20 minutes after the hour of uh, of eight o'clock espn 1420.com uh there is a road hazard being reported on the corner of bertrand drive and ambassador caffrey so and, be careful out there and and jones to mike a bear lasalle thompson was the texas player okay who missed it and all these uh historians here and you know the something that's a little unusual is that the first win over Texas State was Bob Marlin's 200th win as the coach of the Cajuns, and he wasn't there. I know. 
I know. I saw that. I didn't even think about it, and then I saw it pop on social media that night, and I was like, hit a milestone from your couch. Not bad. Not, not bad. Not bad. I, I, and I think, and, and I got to double check it, I think he's two behind Kermit Davis right now for, to become the Sun Belt's all-time winningest coach. Um, so there's a very good chance that's going to fall before the season's over with. Most win, most conference wins all time. Right. Good stuff. Well, they're playing well right now, and uh, now they head to Jonesboro this upcoming weekend. We'll see if they can keep things rolling. But um, things are going good right now for uh, for Cajun hoops. And appreciate Coach Murphy and uh, Coach Broadhead joining me last hour. And I know you got to uh, to have some chats with some of the staff last night over at Pete's. Learn anything new? About that final sequence? No. I um I I asked um Coach Crow what he thought about the call against Cedric Russell. I didn't say anything when it happened because I didn't get a good look at it. But after seeing it a few times, I thought that should have been a no call because I don't think he was like right on him. The guy was to his side a little bit and I just felt like that's something that you swallow the whistle on with, with three seconds left, and and Coach Crow agreed with that, um, and so I was just curious as to whether he saw what I saw, um, but no, I, I don't know that I that I learned anything last night. Although you know, with Coach Broadhead, you know, he was talking about you know the way the bench came through for him against Texas State and. Um, and some of the things that, that happened there that I learned something with. But, um, you know, I, I thought, and, and I'll say this, thought Brock Morris did an excellent job um, in Coach Marlin's absence. I think he did a, a, a very good job in, in motivation, and I'm not going to get into some of the things that he said to the team like, you know, at the hotel during pregame meal because, you know, what, what happens there is is confidential. But I thought he did an excellent job uh, in in helping to motivate this team. I think he did a great job uh, during the game in being strategic about timeout calls. Uh, I thought he did a, a very good job handling the media afterwards. And I've said all of that to say this. Brock Morris, before it's all over with, is going to be a head coach in Division One somewhere. Um, How old is Brock? Thirty-four. Got a bright future in front. Of yes, him. yes, he does. Got a bright future in front of him. Not sure all you listening have a bright future in the next segment, but here it comes. What's today, Jay? Uh, that would be Tuesday. What's your favorite thing on Tuesday? Terrible tune. Tuesday on ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Just heard a Zion Williamson liner there, and no, we will not talk about the Pelicans' ice-cold fourth quarter and another loss. Did it earlier in the show. We're going to do something else that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Terrible Tune Tuesday. You've been warned. I can go first this week, Jay. All right. Um... A decade that I lived through, that I that I spent a lot of time listening to music in. You know, I don't listen to as much music as I used to between this job and kids and 
various podcasts where I try to draw different ideas from. You know, back in the 90s, it was cassettes and CDs, and let me buy it and let me listen a lot. And a friend of mine bought the soundtrack. I had a lot of soundtrack CDs, too. Bought the soundtrack to the Mighty Morphin's Power Rangers, the movie. Apparently, one came out a few years ago. I didn't even know, but one came out in 1995. And there was it was it was a soundtrack that sold a lot of albums. It wasn't very good, but one of the songs on it was, for lack of better words, terrible. And it was a song that uh, that charted um, around the world. I think it's best, highest ranking, maybe eighth in Finland, eleventh in the UK, and it's a band from the UK. But it was top twenty in Australia, Belgium, Finland, Netherlands. They used to play it at school dances or parties that summer that I went to. Don't know why. Just, just horrendous. The name of the group is Shampoo, and. The U.S. record label said, this is the one we're going to try to make this group big in the U.S. This is the song we really need to put out there. This is the song that's going to get them big. And it, fortunately for all of us, it didn't get quite as big in the U.S. as it did elsewhere. But, but as we've talked about before, Jay, for a summer, it was, just, it, was, it was around. Most folks probably don't even remember it until now. This is Trouble. From 1994 by Shampoo on Terrible Tune Tuesday.
bubblegum pop music for you. Oof. There you have it. Terrible Tune Tuesday. You know, it was funny um, because last week when we did our debut, somebody said something about Terrible Tunes and some guy answered and he said, yeah, I kept waiting for you to talk baseball and instead you played all that. that that's just – and the reason that we – didn't talk baseball was because you had an interview set up with Matt Deggs for Tuesday morning, and then you played it a couple times. So there was no sense in us talking baseball because you were getting ready to. So, you know, the the, the next day you had the, the interview, and I'm sure he was a much happier dude. Oh, look, there's no question that we just angered people. By oh, oh, no, 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 no. We there, there, there are people out there that are PO'd. Uh, yes. So and, let's and, just and, do it and again. It's, and it's about to get worse. You know, I'm doing a, a a thing right now on my uh, on my Facebook page of my top 100 songs of the 90s. Now, the 90s, early 90s, is when I got out of music radio, and and the, a lot of the music that I've learned to like from the 90s came kind of in retrospect. And to get ready for it, I've listened to a lot of 90s music on the radio. And I think in my countdown, I'm in the, like the mid 50s. You can share right some now. good ones. I mean, I, th- some of those, I see them on my timeline. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, as a matter great. of fact, uh, uh, today is uh, Shine, Collective Soul, uh, Jump Around, um, bah, 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 bah. which is stolen from uh, a song called bah. The Harlem Shuffle from back in the 60s. Um, and uh, those two, and I don't remember what third song is, but those are on the countdown today. And I, And that's a public page, so... Even if you're not my Facebook friend, you can follow me and you'll see it every day. Um, but the other day, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago maybe, I'm listening to 90s music on the radio and this song comes on and I'm going, my God, this is terrible. And I said, I'll never be able to remember the name of the song. And and But you helped me, okay? And, you and gave I, me one question. I knew exactly what it was. This song actually won a Grammy Award. It's a great song, Jay. For Best Music Video, an MTV Music Video Award. And the man is um, from the Netherlands named Lucas Seacon. And Seacon is spelled like the drug testing company. Um, And the album was called Lucas Centric and came out in 1994. So the same year as that masterpiece that you just played. But, man, this is... I just thought it was bad. Okay, the man's name is Lucas. And the title of the song is Lucas with the lid off, Mm -hmm. which suggests to me that all his brains fell out. But maybe not. So here it is, Lucas with the lid off by Lucas. And it is today's Terrible Tune Tuesday. What about pop 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 Follow me, 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 follow me
Kind of the Stray Cats meets Snow's Informer. I can't lie, Jay. I, I like the song. Uh, good. Good for you. I do. Just brought me back to a time in my life, but I, but I, you know, had me smiling. Well, you know, the your yours had a friend of mine smiling, said that tune reminds me of Love Shack, so it's actually kind of cool. There you go. But that's uh, Lucas with the lid off by Lucas. That's right. Oh, by the way, the song in the countdown, I, I couldn't remember, was Matchbox 23 AM. Oh, okay. but The name of that album, not the Matchbox one, but the, 
the one that contained Lucas with the lid off by an artist named Lucas. The name of the album was Lucas centric. Yep. <laughs> I um, the first uh, on another note, Jay. First line, catch the vibes, the reggae and the ragtime. Speaking of stuff that sounds somewhat reggae, because of your countdown on your Facebook page, I, my, I mean, I've probably heard their music my entire life. Until two weeks ago, I had no idea what UB40 looked like. But let me tell you, that was you were surprised. Not what I was expecting. You were surprised. Weren't I was you? like, what? Like this Irish looking dude? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 That 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 kind of that kind of blew dude, my mind. White for a dudes moment. from the UK. You thought UB40 was like from Jamaica, man. I mean, well, I I thought they were. I thought they were from the US, and because I you I could tell they're kind of putting on the accent like a little bit. Like I don't know. In my mind, I just I did just put it. They did not look like that in my mind. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, well, of course not. I mean, you think, I'm like, yeah, but sometimes you hear an artist and you see him and you're like, eh, it makes sense. I, mean, I didn't know what to expect, but I was just like, wait, I got it. I got it. Then I started Googling the images. I'm like, wait, what? Wow. It's crazy. You get that a lot though, right? You're on the radio, Jay. You meet someone, they're like, oh, you're, you don't look anything like what oh, I thought. I can't, I can't imagine how many times I've heard that over the years. Sure. But and, like, and how many, and how many women said, you know, you don't look. I really thought you were good looking. <laughs> now that I believe, yeah. Um, see, it's different than like a musical artist because we, you see music videos. You, music tries to, uh, especially the big stars, they're 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 promoting an artist. So whether you realize it or not, your mind begins to imagine what an artist might look like, probably based on what the record labels have fed us over the years. My point is. You're not going to be as surprised quite as often. But when it comes to like radio, especially somebody that's been in it as long as you, like now social media and everything, there's more people that know what DJs or broadcasters look like. Right. But when it comes to a radio broadcaster and talk radio, they're never going to look like what you think because you're literally, it could be any image in your mind. The odds of it actually looking like something you expect are Less than 1%. That is correct. Whereas if it's a music artist, it's different because you're makes a little more sense for the reasons I explained. So, yeah, well, you know, like, like for instance, if, if you put on a Luther Vandross song and you close your eyes, you don't think of a white dude from the UK. No, no, nope. Quarter to nine. Will betting be down or up this year in the Super Bowl? Well, Got some numbers on that, plus some prop bets we're going to get Jay Walker's thoughts on. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show We're going to really get that guy mad because we're not talking baseball again this week. Well, baseball season is what, two weeks away? Two weeks from this Friday, yeah. And Jay will leave us next hour with one tidbit about UL baseball. Okay. One tidbit. Better think of something. Yeah. Next week, we'll uh, obviously next week, we'll jump into softball and baseball more. Super Bowl prop bets next.
What a great song that is. Even this version? No, that. Super Bowls this Sunday, Jay. Yep. Chiefs or Bucks? Who you like? Well, I mean, I don't know who's going to win, but I'm rooting for Kansas City. An estimated, according to David Purdom, 23.2 million Americans will bet on the Super Bowl. I will not be one of them. Up to potentially 4.3 billion dollars which will be a decrease of approximately 37% from wow. last year. So both projections are down, and uh, the pandemic cut into the amount wagered at retail sports books. I don't know. I would have almost expected it to be a little different. Well, it's like, well, you don't have anything else to do, but, you know, there are a lot of people out of work right now or, or working sparingly that, you know, used to put up a few shekels. And, and I guess they're betting responsibly. Good for them. Yep. Good for them. All right, some uh, prop bets here. Uh, the here tips. Not that I'm a better. I think two sided prop bets are good, right? A yes or no prop bet, or an over under prop bet. You, you got a you got much better odds of hitting that than a multiple sided prop bet. The ones that give you like eight options. You know, the color of the Gatorade. Um, the color of Patrick Mahomes' headband. Like, stay away from those. If you're going to lay something down on a prop bed, just just go with a two-sided one. Will Brady throw an interception? Yes or no? That's a prop bed. I'd say yeah. I'm going to say yes. You know, the overrunner on Mahomes' passing yards are good. I think the lotto really long-shot prop bets, like even though there have been safeties in Super Bowls recently – Stay away from those, but maybe lay down. If you can lay down one bet, do it like on a five to one or six to one. One long shot bet. Don't get carried away. I don't know what the first quarter over under is. I haven't seen that one. I'm sure it's somewhere. Believe it or not, most of the betting websites from places outside of this country are blocked in this building, so I can't get to them while I'm oh, on the air. I have to get to them, man, outside of this building. But whatever it is, go under. Why? Tom Brady's playing in what his tenth Super Bowl Sunday, Jay? Yeah. He's nine Super Bowls prior to this Sunday. You know how many first quarter points Tom Brady's team has scored in the first quarter of those nine Super Bowls? Um twenty six. Three. Really? Three wow. first quarter points. Not average, three total. Wow. So in terms of a prop bet of who scores the first touchdown, if it involves Tom Brady, I would I would not bet on that. Uh, no, you'd, you'd probably have to go with uh, Mr. Mahomes uh, in his crew. So, will there be a score in the first five minutes? Yes or no, prop bet, minus 110 either way. No, not in the first five minutes. First team to score, KC, minus 130, Tampa Bay, plus 110. I'm going to take Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mahomes prop bets. Again, the two-sided prop bets are the good ones. Over-under passing yards, 327 and a half. Under. It's a good defense he's playing. It is Patrick Mahomes, though. Over-under pass attempts, 40 and a half. Ooh, no, under. Longest completion, over-under, 39 and a half. I mean, dude, he could just toss it to Tyreek Hill and he could go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over. I think he's going to hit a long one. Now, rushing yards for Mahomes, over under 18 and a half. I got to go over, huh? 
much as as good of scrambler as he is? 18 and a half. Yeah, I'd probably go over too. But, you know, if he's got 20 and he's taken a knee the last couple. You know, <laughs> Pay attention. Here, come, here, come the, here, comes the bad, here comes the bad beat. Get you nervous. Travis Kelsey, receptions. Over under, seven and a half. He might have 10. He might have 15. Daryl Williams. I like that kid. Good player, John Errett. Back up at LSU, back up at Kansas City, undrafted, but just just does the dirty work. Over under rushing attempts, eight and a half. Under. Tom Brady prop bets. Passing yards, over under 296 and a half. Over. This is my favorite one. Tom Brady, rushing yards. Over under. 0.5. 0.5. Under, because if he's taking a knee at the end. <laughs> the over play is plus 140 if you win on that one. The under is minus 170. Uh, Leonard Fournette, who Darrell Williams used to back up. Now they're both starting in the Super Bowl against one another. Uh, rush attempts over under 11.5. I would go over. But he shares time. I'm going under. This isn't based on anything he did in the regular season. This right, is I'm going I'm going under. He he in the regular season, he was not good. In the playoffs, playoff Lenny's been, been pretty dang good. All right. Um anytime touchdown score prop bets. So Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are both minus one sixty two. Let me give you some guys with some bigger odds. Darrell Williams plus two hundred. Whoa. I'd bet if he gets in the end zone, Clyde Edwards plus 175. Chris Godwin plus 138. Leonard Fournette plus 120. Mike Evans plus 120. Aside from, well, some guys have better odds than others. If you were going to make a bet, where do you go? Geez, I don't know. I think I'd go with. Williams, because the Chiefs always just have random guys that score. Well, that's true. And the fact that the payout's plus 200, I think that's where I'd want to. I got you. The last score of the game will be touchdown minus 155, field goal or safety plus 135. It's a three-point spread. Yeah, I I think the the last score is a a field goal. Okay. Um, Largest lead in the game, over under 14 and a half. Under. Even equal odds, but one way or the other at minus one ten. Um, total sacks by both by both teams over under four. Well, you know what you said that, and and what popped into my head was five. So I'm going over. I think I'm gonna go under. Mahomes just it's everyone says, oh, you almost sacked him. No, you didn't. Just because he released the ball right before you got to him doesn't you, mean you were you, close. You almost sacked him means you didn't sack him. Right. And it, it but there's this assumption that. Oh, he he could have thrown it sooner if anyone was open, but he didn't. He's just letting these routes continue because he can. Do they do they have a a, a prop bet on the length of the national anthem? They usually do. Yes. Over under one minute fifty nine seconds. It's interesting because you've got Jasmine Sullivan, who's been nominated for like twelve Grammy awards, is going to sing with Eric Church. So you got an R and B singer and a country singer singing together. 
And then her is going to do America the Beautiful. She's really good. And, uh, of course, The weekend has got the uh, the halftime mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if both of them are singing together, I'm going over 155. Over is even odds. Under is minus 140. Not bad. Will either Church or Sullivan forget slash omit a word from the national anthem? Yes is plus 1,000. No, minus 5,000. Uh, no. So it seems unlikely, but with two people performing, you never know. Well, it, it, nobody's flubbed the national anthem, I think, since who? Christina Aguilera? Was she the last one to just flub the national anthem at the Super Bowl? I'm not sure. Probably. If you remember it that way. I'll trust your memory. I don't know why, but I will. I, I, I can I can tell you this. It wasn't Gaga. Um, Which player will be shown first during the national anthem, Brady or Mahomes? Uh, Brady. Kelsey or Gronk? Kelsey. No, Gronk. Reed or Arians? Um, Andy Reed. Reed. Andy Reed. All right. Those are some prop bets for you. Enjoy the game Sunday. Jay, it's always fun. Thanks for coming in on a Tuesday. Let's do it again next week. You got it, brother. I'll look forward to it. Baseball tidbit. Um, They're going to be able to pitch. There's your tidbit. Thank we'll you. Get, we'll get into more detail next week. Don't go anywhere. Steve's next would be on the game. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little